Welcome to the Wealthier Together podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help women cultivate wellness in all areas of their lives. Today, I'm interviewing Natalia, and she's going to talk about creating healthy healing environments at home. So Natalia is a graduate of the Institute of Holistic Nutrition, and she holds a bachelor's degree in modern languages, as well as a master's in French literature, both from the University of Toronto. She partnered with the renowned business company Malio Custom Homes, and she has fused her specialties in interior decorating and holistic nutrition to offer services that cater to the health-conscious homeowner looking to combine luxury and the aesthetic appeal with a healthy and mindful living space for individuals, couples, and families alike. As a founder and head consultant of Wealthy & Co., Natalia has developed a passion in designing an aesthetic and functional lifestyle to support excellent health and wellness at home. With a love for learning, Natalia is a strong believer in education as a lifelong journey. She loves reading and continuing her studies to upgrade her knowledge and accreditations to learn of the newest research in wellness and to stay on top of design trends and technologies to improve a healthy physical space. Natalia is a mother to three boys who inspire her in her work and research, continuously fueling her ardent passion in the field of holistic wellness. You can follow her on Instagram at the.wealthy.life to learn more about her wellness journey, tips, and research. So welcome, Natalia. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I am doing well. So can you tell us a little bit about your story, how you got into health and wellness, and then also with your expertise in interior design? So yeah, it was uh, definitely a long and very windy road getting here. (laughs) I like to call myself a holistic designer or lifestyle designer, which I'm not sure the term officially exists, but it seems to really encompass all that I set out to do. Like you said, I went to U of T or University of Toronto where I studied modern languages and then pursued uh, a master's in French literature. And then after that, I pursued a PhD at York in humanities where I studied human trafficking and modern day slavery. And somewhere at the half point of that program, I got pregnant with my first of three sons. And I took a break from the program and with motherhood, I soon found the subject matter much too dark and heavy for my own mental health Mm -hmm. and decided to actually not go back. So um, my husband builds custom homes and we did quite a bit of work on our own homes, a lot of moving, a lot of renovating, a lot of construction, which is all significant in my story and I'll come back to that. I got involved in some of the design work in his company and obviously a lot of of the design in our own homes and decided to start my own design business where I specialized in children's interiors and nurseries. In the meantime, my children often had strange symptoms, allergies, sensitivities, and intolerances that couldn't really be explained by doctors other than the fact that they were common among children. Some they may grow out of, others can be relieved with allergy meds, puffers, cortisone creams, and the like. And in addition to having questions even about my own health, because I myself had strange, unexplained allergies my entire life, I had family members suffering from various conditions. And when one significant health issue came up among us, I decided to put my design business on the back burner and enroll, like you said, into the Institute of Holistic Nutrition to learn more about how I could help myself and my family. It was there that my eyes were open to a whole new world 
And I learned not only about how food can be used as medicine, but with this program taking a more holistic approach, I also learned about how our environment, um, outdoor and indoor, impacts our well-being. So it was no longer just about what we put into our bodies consciously to be healthy. I became more aware of what we were inhaling and what we were absorbing from our everyday surroundings or our construction, for example, and how significant that becomes for our health and how much the lifestyles we lead and the things we bring into our home to support those lifestyles play a role in our everyday environment. So my schooling helps me recognize the kind of changes I need to implement in my own home to make it healthier for my family to live in, especially because, like I said, we often lived in construction and I realized how much some of the exposures my children were subjected to from these different home projects and how they were contributing to some of the symptoms they were having, such as uh, frequent respiratory illnesses, eye irritation, headaches, even their concentration levels or general irritability. And then one day, my husband called me after a meeting and was telling me about how a client of his had been asking him all these random questions about radon gas testing and different water filtration systems he was hoping to have installed. And that was my aha moment. Um, I can help with that. Here was a client who was looking to build a healthy home, one that supports a healthy lifestyle for his family with reduced toxic exposures. Uh, he, he was my people. And, <laughs> and this being a luxury build, aesthetics were obviously important to him as well. So I kind of fused my specialties together, merged them, like the design and uh, the holistic approach, and made it work. And that's how I saw the opportunity to merge design with my holistic nutritional background. At home, we eat to nourish our bodies and arm ourselves against the exposures we cannot control. And our home has become our haven, a space where these exposures are within our, within our control to give us a break from the environment outside of it. So uh, my company, Wealthy & Co., helps people create the same kind of space within their own homes, one with high functionality to support health and healthy living without sacrificing aesthetic appeal. That is definitely a unique approach and definitely very niche because most people, again, like you were saying, focus basically on what you eat what you eat, exercise, sleep, but we don't really talk about how really it is important to make sure that your home environment is, you know, decluttered and is actually a relaxing place, haven, like you said, for you to, you know, escape to after work and dealing with, you know, all the things you deal with when you leave your house. Absolutely. And then like you were talking about how in your case, if you, you would always live in construction. So basically noticing those different exposures that most people, I don't think they have any idea the, expo the different chemical exposures they're exposed to, you know, when they have a new house that has been built. And so I think that is definitely a very important area to discuss because most people don't know. No, no, they don't, especially after construction. There's everything fresh, fresh yeah. Freshly stained, freshly painted, and you know everyone's excited just to get in there after waiting such a long period of time to get this house built, and True. they're just not realizing what they're exposing themselves and their families to. True. So, do you have any tips for people to do instead of rushing in after that long waiting period? Is there like a specific amount of time that they should wait before moving in for some of those chemical exposures to either decrease or die down or? 
Definitely. So one of the cheapest and most effective things you can do is air out your home. Open all those windows and air it out. It's not going to get everything out, but it's a start because like I said, our houses are now made so efficiently. Everything's sealed in mm -hmm. and pretty much you're just containing it within these walls. So you want to open those windows for probably a few days at least before moving in to air it out. Another thing that uh, we do actually with my business is we bring in an ozone generator and uh, take out the formaldehyde, for example, which is in absolutely everything, the paints, the particle board, the stains, all that fresh, a lot of that fresh new scent. New <laughs> There's formaldehyde in there. So I run that when nobody, that's not something you can inhale. So that's something you do in the home when nobody's there. And after a period of time, I come in, it shuts off. I come in and I again open the windows to let all the ozone out. So okay. those are, yeah. Okay, so that's the way that they can, they can just open everything because you're right, when everything is closed up, that those vapors don't have anywhere to go. And exactly. when you go in, you're breathing it all in. So opening the windows and then having someone have an ozone generator to get rid of those or kind of address the, the vapors that are in the air. Exactly. Okay. What are some ways women can create a healthy home environment without breaking the bank? Because a lot of times people are like, oh, that's too expensive. I've already, you know, let's say I've already built the house. That was expensive. So they're mm -hmm. like, hey, what can they do to kind of create that healing environment at home? Yes, because a lot of, of some of these things can definitely be avoided while you're building. If you mm -hmm. are conscious of what kind of materials can be used to avoid like adhesives or certain paints. But yeah, if you already have a home that is built and you want to learn how to find ways to detox it or just make it a healthier space that are inexpensive, there are ways to do that. First of all, be a smart consumer. Like be conscious of what you bring into the house so you're not left later looking for ways to detox it and spend money in that. And by this, I mean to make wise choices in selecting your furniture, your textiles, where you want to avoid flame retardants, for example. They are often indicated on the label if they're there. Don't spray any kind of protectants on your fabric furniture. Avoid fragrance, such as plug-ins or scented candles. Those all contain phthalates, which are very harmful, particularly to children. Plastics is another one. Avoid plastics. Plastics are not only an issue to the planet, as we all know, certain plastics off-gas and are polluting your indoor air. So um, one great example of this are vinyl or plastic shower curtains. Used in a hot sh shower, they're releasing VOCs into the vapor that you are inhaling. It's really not a good scenario. So other than avoiding purchasing them, if it's something you already have in your home and you're not in a position to switch it out at the moment, lay it out in the sun. Sunning will reduce the VOCs and you'll know when it's been out long enough because it should actually get rid of some of that plastic smell. Another easy thing to do is, like I mentioned before, open your windows. I open mine at least a crack every day to air up the home. Like I said, again, homes are built to be very energy efficient, they're well sealed, but you're sealing in all the toxins that are off-gassing from products in your home. Sick building syndrome may ring a bell there. Open the windows and air up the house regularly, even in the winter. 
and get that air circulating. Believe it or not, the air in our homes is far more polluted than the air outside. You can especially benefit from opening your window actually during rainfall because rain ionizes the air, which means it grounds airborne particles such as dust, molds, and certain bacteria out of your breathing air. Another thing is don't keep dust in your home. Dust is more than just dust. Um, chemicals in your home, such as phthalates and SVOCs, ride the dust, which is later inhaled. And I read somewhere that you should vacuum your house once a week for every person in your house. So if you're a family of two, vacuum twice a week. A family of four would vacuum four times a week. Um, if you have an upholstered bed, for example, which I always recommend to avoid, for other furniture, use a lint brush to pick up stubborn dust after vacuuming. Air out your rugs, but to be honest, I actually avoid rugs wherever possible. Get your vents cleaned regularly, change your furnace filter regularly. Another easy rule to implement to keep toxins out is to never wear shoes in the house. Your shoes are carrying all sorts of toxic residue, including heavy metals such as lead, which is a major neurotoxin, herbicides from outside spraying, bacteria, and especially if you have a child crawling on the floors or children playing on the floor at home, it's just don't do it. It's so easily avoided. Yeah. Um, one thing that people hate hearing about is um, the dangers of EMFs. I mean, they've made our society so much easier, so much more convenient. But people need to get into the habit of at least shutting their Wi-Fi off at night whenever, whenever everyone is sleeping. It's free just to switch it off. It's not something you have to pay for. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of research showing that extremely low frequency of magnetic, magnetic fields such as Wi-Fi has a potential deleterious effect on the human body, even a possible carcinogen. So in children, chronic exposure is said to be associated with behavioral issues, ADHD, autism, as well as brain cancer and leukemia. Many countries in Europe don't even allow Wi-Fi in schools or libraries. And we live in a society bathing in Wi-Fi exposure, which we cannot control, but our homes, that's a place where we can control it. It should be our haven, a safe place to give our bodies a break from these constant waves. So at least at night, our period of rest should be free of this, well, this stress to give our bodies the proper time to recover and heal, which they just can't do efficiently in these exposures. So unplug at night. Another one is water. Um, you need clean, pure water in your home to support a healthy lifestyle. And uh, this can obviously become very costly when you're looking at installing like a whole house water filtration system, for example. But other less costly options would be installing shower head filters to get the chlorine out when you're bathing. Chlorine can be very drying to the skin, a skin irritant. If you're suffering from any skin conditions, this could be a contributor. Chlorine also disinfects your water, so it's stripping all the bacteria off your skin and hair. Bad bacteria, but also the beneficial bacteria. When taking baths, you can neutralize your bath water by adding baking soda. As for drinking water, using some kind of water filtration system will be more cost effective than buying a water bottle or buying water bottles for the family. So, um, and it's better for the planet. I personally love the Berkey filter, which removes chlorines, 
um, some fluoride or you can remove all of it depending on what option you take. Um, heavy metals, pharmaceuticals, pathogens without removing the minerals and the filters. And it only needs to be replaced every six months or so. They're inexpensive depending on what size you're using. They can run from like $20 to $60. And if that's still not affordable, like just use anything. Even like a Brita filter doesn't do much, but it does something. I also need to mention my favorite topic for healthy homes, which is uh, not expensive and not expensive to maintain, which are houseplants. Houseplants can contribute to a healthy space in so many ways. Their presence is therapeutic. There are studies actually done to show their positive effects in nursing homes, hospitals, and schools. Uh, one study showed how recovery time was decreased after surgery in a hospital room with living plants. Or another showed the decrease in falls in nursing homes with plants. And um, another showed a greater rate of attendance among students in classrooms with plants, as well as greater attentiveness. So in homes, they spruce up a space with live energy. And in addition to being therapeutic and decorative, houseplants uh, have been getting more and more attention for their air purification qualities. So uh, some species are better than others at this. For example, the snake plant, which also is also known as the mother-in-law's tongue, the peace lily, the pothos, uh, English ivy. There's actually a list that was developed by NASA that shows uh, which plants are more effective. They are the ones that actually conducted the sick building syndrome study with Wolverton and May created this list. So the catch here is though, to understand that for these plants to do their job right, you need to have a certain diameter of soil exposed. So a planter with a plant taking up the entire soil space in the planter will not purify the air as effectively as one where uh, what, which where the soil is more exposed. Mm -hmm. So you also need to, lease, to at least have one sizable plant for every 100 square feet to make a difference to your air quality. So yeah, those are just some of the ways that you can definitely help create a healthier living space without breaking the bank at home or even in your office, wherever you're working. You made some really good points, especially about unplugging at night and the Wi-Fi. I don't think a lot of people even think about that. And then a lot of people's kids are like, their rooms are close to wherever the Wi-Fi is. And so they may be having children that are having behavioral issues and have no clue what is causing it. So thanks for touching on that. And when we sleep at night, that's when our body is supposed to regenerate and recover. So mm -hmm. if we're adding all these extra things, the fumes in the air and all these other things that are, that are adding a load on the body, then it cannot restore, and re it cannot restore itself and regener regenerate the way that it should. And this may be why some people wake up exhausted in addition to many other things it i don't i don't i wouldn't say it will be the only thing but that could be because i have a lot of clients that are like oh i wake up tired i go to bed tired they have some other issues going on but that could be just a small thing that could be addressed and you know help take care of that absolutely you also mentioned disrupting the microbiome and anyone that knows me knows i'm always talk telling people hey you've got to protect those beneficial bacteria and most people don't realize that our skin 
has different bacteria, like different parts of our skin have different bacteria. And once you start killing off the beneficial ones, you increase your risk of the harmful ones taking over. And of course, we've all heard of MRSA, which is methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus. So we have to be careful. There are these small things that you're talking about that are extremely important. You also touched on pharmaceuticals in the water. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah, that's just uh, everything. Birth control, heart is heart medications. I when I saw that, I think it was a study or an article. I was just like, really, all of this stuff is in the water, and we're drinking it. So when people perception that you know, as um, a more as a developed country, that our water we're is safe, that it's clean out of our town. Yeah. We're lucky to have that, but people are just not aware. Pharmaceuticals are not filtered out. And that is something that is there and we're all ingesting every time you take that, drink that cup of water. So um, it definitely will have an impact in the long run. So where you can, you want to filter, absolutely. Yeah, and we have all these cases of higher infertility in men and women, and how do we know that it's not linked to pharmaceuticals that they didn't know they were drinking in the water? So a lot of issues that are coming up now health-wise, you have to wonder, is Absolutely. it because, you know, is the, the, are the pharmaceuticals in the water playing a role? Because the infertility rates are just getting a little bit ridiculous, especially in, mm-hmm. in men and young boys. And you also talked about the living plants. And definitely, I think that nature, even if you bring it inside or whether you go outside, it does have, like you said, very therapeutic effects. I had a family member that was sick and they wanted to put them, this family member in. So there were two rehab centers. One was landlocked. So it was just buildings all around. Mm -hmm. I had, nothing was wrong with me. And I was like, no, this is not going to work. And the other one was on acres of greenery. And I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. this is where we're going to go. I don't care how far it is, how much more expensive. It, it just, and this family member got better quickly. And so I think that we also underestimate the power of nature or bringing parts of nature inside. So I think that is definitely important. And definitely thank you for touching on that because people don't realize like these are small things. Plants are not that expensive. No, they're not. And, um, and there are even really cool ways now that you can bring plants in and from a design perspective. Like you have um, live walls, for example, that you can have set up in your home. They are expensive if you have a company come in because obviously they come in to put it together and, and maintain them. But um, there are ways to do it yourself, which I am something that I plan to work on in the near future. And uh, they just they add so much just beauty into the home, so much greenery, and you can have some of these plants also detoxifying your air at the same time. Or even like uh, there are these things called air plants now from where you can have them hanging from the ceiling or in the shower, just to add a little bit more greenery into the space. Yeah, it just makes the, like I was saying, it makes the, it makes your home a haven. So it makes it a place of relaxation. And then of course, you know, cause you have stress when you're running around outside, it kind of, I don't know, it adds a more healing environment to your home. I definitely agree. So what are some common myths or concerns that people have in regards to toxin-free living outside of affordability? Well, one common misconception that we actually touched upon is probably that a healthy home means a fully sanitized, germ-free home. Um, I'm not saying to keep your home dirty, 
but there is something to be said about a home that is too clean and constantly sterilized. Our indoor environment needs to maintain that microbiome to be healthy, much like the microbiome in our bodies. And there's a growing concern for using products with uh, triclosan, for example, which is an antibacterial agent for promoting the growth of drug-resistant bacteria. Another problem are greenwashed products. So these are products marketed to be green, toxic-free, or eco-friendly, but that are far from that. It's important to learn to read your labels and identify some of the ingredients to stay away from, such as fragrance. Anything with fragrance is no longer a healthy alternative. Essential oils for fragrance is one thing, but one you can get into, when you get into a term like essential oil blend, that can start to mean different things and contain different potentially harmful components. If you're not sure what to look out for, I always recommend looking products up on their ingredients or their ingredients on the EWG website to learn more about their ratings and what concerns may arise from using them. Also, natural doesn't necessarily mean healthy. Um, there could be many allergens in natural products. So um, another good example, I love using essential oils for cleaning, one of them being lemon. But it's important to know that citrus oils or other essential oils that contain terpene, pine is another, when they mix with ozone, which is at times used to disinfect the air, for example, these react to create formaldehyde which is a major carcinogen, and you end up doing more harm than good. And um, I think the biggest one, though, that drives me crazy is when people say that everything sold on the market is safe, otherwise it wouldn't be on the store shelves. The regulations around cleaners and even personal care products are very loose, and there are a lot of loopholes in these regulations. Or another one, when people say, I have a liver designed to detox these chemicals, and it is very efficient in doing just that. Well, yes, livers are great, but we are also overburdening them with all the exposures around us. So there is a reason why there has been a rise in degenerative diseases in North America. In the last four decades, we have seen a huge influx in the amount of toxins that humans are exposed to from their food, their air, products, furniture, it's in everything. We have to keep in mind that toxins can bioaccumulate. So small amounts of certain toxins may not be harmful, may be deemed safe through testing, but when we are surrounded by a plethora of toxins in our day-to-day -day living, these accumulate and they don't exit the body that quickly. Some of us are even impaired in detoxing. So testing is not done to evaluate the accumulation of previous exposures, nor is testing done to see how different toxins may interact in the body, like toxins that you may already have sitting there. That is true. So since people have been conditioned to look for products with fragrance in it, are there some ways that people can either create their own fragrances or some products they can purchase or what they should look for? I think you mentioned something, not like avoiding the essential oil blends, but is there a way that they can still add that fragrance that they want to their home Absolutely. without embracing Absolutely. the toxins? Yeah, so you can still use products that have essential oils in them to use as a scent. Like, for example, I use it in my cleaners. I just put a few drops. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, yeah, it's when they say blend that it becomes a little bit hazy of what's actually in there. So you want to, if it says just lemon essential oils, that's one thing. But when it says an essential oil blend, that's when you need to be a little bit more cautious. And I think that's important, especially since we really need to start reading the labels. So knowing that 
blend may mean something that they don't want it to mean um, is good to know. And I have a quick question from before um, where you were talking about these natural protectants for furniture or the protectants for furniture. Are there any natural alternatives or should people just leave it alone? Honestly, I'm not aware of any natural protectants for furniture. Um, okay. I would just leave it alone. Yeah, okay. and just, yeah, just be maybe more conscious of what kind of, I guess, what you're using it for, what that furniture, where it's going to, what's going to be exposed to like children or dogs and maybe watch your colors, but I wouldn't use, I, there's no protect, natural protectants that I'm aware of. No. And I just would avoid them altogether. Okay. So what are some simple cleaning product swaps that listeners can make? So you touched on, they can use essential oils and add it as a cleaner. Are there any other simple things that they can do? Yeah, so dryer sheets or fabric softener is known to be toxic. And you can use, for example, woolen balls, um, which soften fabric and boost the drying process. Um, I know some people make their own. I'm not all that DIY, so uh, <laughs> I think uh, there are different companies that sell them now. Um, the thing is, even washing floors and surfaces with I use vinegar and I know some people can't handle the smell of vinegar. They just don't like it, but you can just add a couple drops of an essential oil and it does mask a lot of that vinegar smell. So you can use, for example, lemon or lavender to do that. Tea tree oil I use for even like for cleaning toilet or other essential oils such as lemon and lavender. These all have antimicrobial properties, baking soda and vinegar. Is, can be used to unclog a drain, for example. Even, for example, speak uh, for essential oils, for those who hate bugs and spiders in the house, mm-hmm. bugs are so toxic. I personally don't like bugs either. I'm terrified of spiders. So I would probably sooner burn the house down than get close to one to get out of my <laughs> house. But you can keep critters out by spraying a solution of some water mixed with peppermint essential oil along your baseboards and window- windows to deter them. Oh, wow. So essential oils can be expensive, but this is something you want to buy in pure form, preferably with third-party testing. You want them organic and wildcrafted because you want to avoid pesticides and other chemicals in them since you're ingesting or inhaling or using them topically. That makes sense. But the thing with essential oils is they last a long time. I have tea tree oil that I bought six months ago. I use it. I put a couple of drops in my dish soap and then I use it when I clean the bathroom. Yeah. And it's, it's still half full. I mean, it's so potent. So yes. You really just need one or two drops and it gets the job done. That is true. Well, Natalia, thank you so much for sharing this different perspective, because most of the people I've talked with, they're talking about food, you know, which is good and exercise and stress management, but you really talking about creating a healing environment in home is definitely an area that hasn't been touched on and is definitely needed because I think a lot of people are really not aware of the small things they can do or the effect of the chemicals that are leaching out of their sofas and other things that they have purchased. So what are some ways that people can get in contact with you or do you have any programs or anything like that that they can check out? 
So I do have a website that was just launched um, at the end of March, www.wealthyandco.com. I am pretty active on Instagram, pretty quick to answer questions. As you mentioned, my uh, contact name is the.wealthy.life and email is always good too. So all my contact information is there on the website. Um, yeah, I know you're in the state. I'm here in Canada, <laughs> but so my services may not be available to everyone. But uh, yeah, just for information, I post a lot of information on Instagram. I kind of use it as my platform to raise awareness and such. So you can definitely learn a lot on there. Great. Thanks again, Natalia, for sharing all of your knowledge with us and showing how you fuse your holistic nutrition experience with your interior design experience. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Wealthier Together podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and share this podcast with a friend.